Welcome to Vine Pair, the podcast about the conversations we have with a glass in hand. From Vine Pair's headquarters in New York City, I'm Adam Teeter. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Chabal. And so, Zach, today we're going to chat about a beer that you either love or hate, and that is pumpkin beer. And if you have been paying attention at all, since the middle of August, you have probably seen pumpkin beer in your local grocery store or beer shop. Uh, so uh, what's your impression of pumpkin beer, Zach? You know, it's funny. You, you sort of phrase this as love or hate, and I'm actually really kind of like lean positive, but not strongly towards pumpkin beers. They're not my favorite thing. Um, I don't drink a lot of them, but there's something, you know, about the seasonality that I appreciate. They definitely, you know, as the weather turns, maybe not mid-August when it's 90 degrees out, but but definitely when it gets a little colder, you know, it starts to rain, which it does a lot here in Seattle. It's something that I appreciate. I probably drink five or six of them in a given season. It's not like a thing I have every night, but but when they're well-made, I enjoy them. I think the issue comes that, um, like with everything else pumpkin spice, it can be taken to a ridiculous degree and go from sort of, you know, fun, interesting add-on flavor to like just disgusting syrupy mess. How about you? I cannot believe that you drink five or six in a season. I probably drink maybe one if you had to like hold me down and force me to drink it. Um, I am in the I absolutely hate pumpkin beer camp. It's never been a beer that I've enjoyed. I, I think for me, the reason that I don't enjoy pumpkin beer is that, you know, oftentimes really all it tastes like is the baking spices that you think of when you think of pumpkin pie. And that's just not something I really want to drink in liquid form. I mean, but I, Adam, I actually who love doesn't love pie. like vanilla and cloves and allspice. I mean, they're they're I those do things love are those objectively things delicious. Yeah. I don't want to drink them. I think uh-huh, that it's man. gross. That's like that's not what I'm looking for. I, I it just oh it's super off putting. Um so I try to avoid them as much as I can, but it seems to me like every season they, they continue to be popular. Um and it's weird for me to not like them because I do have to say that I, you know, fall is a, I love fall. I think fall is a really great time of the year. I love watching football and going on walks and, you know, going apple picking with my wife and friends. Um, so I think, you know, fall is a great season, but like for me, I just think that pumpkin beer absolutely sucks. It's just horrible. And, you know, maybe it's also because so many breweries don't even use real pumpkin at this point. Like they're using adjuncts and like weird purees and, you know, syrups and stuff to give us this like sickly sweet flavor. I did have one amazing pumpkin beer last year. I will say Upslope uh, from Colorado in Boulder makes like this pumpkin beer using fresh pumpkin that's that I thought was delicious and di- but it's because it didn't taste like pumpkin beer. But you know what man, because I hate it and you sort of like it, I wanted to bring our senior staff writer into the conversation. Um so I've got Kat Walinski joining us uh, who you know writes about all things beer for Vine Pair. I I was hoping to get her take cuz I just don't get it. I mean, I can't understand why it's popular. Well, I mean, I think that's a a great idea because I think Kat will agree with me that you know there's a, there's a time in the calendar for everything and just like uh, you if know she wants she... to stay employed she won't but okay <laughs> all right Kat give us give us the scoop okay so the scoop of pumpkin um, I try not to be a hater about any beer style or beverage that being said I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkin beers. Um, And it's just a lot to do with, like Adam said, it's kind of become this thing where breweries are packing as many flavors and spices and things into the beer as possible. And while I can enjoy a seasonal beverage, I mean, I love Oktoberfest lagers. You know, there's always stout season for me, Pilsner's in the summer. Um, But pumpkin beers have become this like, you know, the pumpkin spice latte of beer. And it's just not something um, I really enjoy. 
Okay, but a pumpkin spice latte is also undeniably Disgusting. delicious. No. <laughs> I mean, you got to sometimes rein in the sweetness, black, but so, uh, uh. I just I feel like I feel like there's a there's a thing here that I don't totally get the the resistance because yes, many people who are deeply into beer find the things like pumpkin beer abhorrent. And on the one hand, I get it. I think there's there's something where, you know, you you look at a, a you know, something that's you know, at least a good part marketing and sort of appealing to a non-traditional beer drinking audience. But, you know, we did a podcast a while back about the New England IPA, which I think we would all kind of say definitely at a minimum is a style that appeals to your non-traditional beer drinker. And I don't think any of us were out there like, man, this beer style sucks. No one should drink these. And and pumpkin beer to me is it's a way for people who don't necessarily drink a lot of beer, for people who maybe need some of those additional flavors to get past, you know, some of the bitterness and hoppiness that you find in, in a lot of beer styles appealing. And I don't know. I don't. I don't. I guess I would say like it's fine that you don't like it. I don't. I just don't see the harm in it. Like like you don't have to drink it. No, but you can't compare New England IPA to pumpkin beer, Zach. I mean, I don't know. Cat told totally us about different. ones that have like fruit added and stuff like that. I'm not really sure why why pumpkin gets the hate, but you can put strawberries in a beer and everyone's like, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. No, that's a good point. They are both very extreme and can include a lot of like wacky ingredients and adjuncts. Um, maybe it's because a lot of pumpkin beers just aren't that good. I mean, New England style IPAs, of course, can vary in their quality as well. But the ones that are done well, the ones that are made by, you know, great breweries are just delicious. They taste like juice, etc. Pumpkin beers, on the other hand, I actually was trying to do a roundup of good ones for Vine Pair this year. You know, I was trying to be positive and like find the ones like these are the ones that are actually good that we can recommend to our readers. And I couldn't even find enough to do it. I mean, and I had a panel of professionals here and even on the Vine Pair staff alone, when I said I wanted to do a pumpkin beers thing, we had several people like, oh, awesome. I love pumpkin beers, um, which I thought was interesting. But I'm like, OK, great, because then it won't just be me and my bias. We'll have people here that actually love these and want to taste them and are excited about them. And we had three separate tastings and came up with like maybe five that were passable out of dozens that brewery sent us from around the country. And it was disappointing for me, too, because I want to find I wanted to find pumpkin beers that I liked. Um, and they were really just like a couple. So, Kat, like, what do you think it is about pumpkin beer that makes it? so hard to make well? Is it just that we shouldn't be making beer with these crazy, you know, holiday spices and pumpkin? Or like, is it that we're going to pumpkin fly flavor? Like, why do you think? Because I mean, I was part of that tasting as well. And I agree with you, like, they were all pretty much horrible. Um, but why? Like, why can't we make good pumpkin beer? I think it's a few things. One is, like we said, the tremendous amount of um, ingredients that are being thrown into these things. I think another part of it is brewers are rushing to make them. Um, you know, they have to be out at a certain time every year. They come out earlier and earlier every year. And this means that, you know, it's not exactly a harvest beer where brewers are going out and picking fresh pumpkins and putting it in their brew. It's like they're using pumpkin in a lot of different ways. Um, maybe they're not as skilled at doing it. Like there are a lot of different ways you can use pumpkin in a beer. You can chop it up and macerate it raw. You can bake it or roast it and use it that way. Some brewers use the seeds and, and like the guts, some don't. Um, you can include it in the mash of the beer. 
extracting the sugars that way, like you would with the grains. Um, you can put it in the kettle, boiling it, which gets some flavor, but maybe also some astringency. Or you can use it during uh, fermentation where it's going to be almost like dry hopping. So the flavor itself is extracted in a lot of different ways. And I think maybe brewers aren't as familiar with like using this as an ingredient or as a tool. So sometimes it can be tasty. Sometimes it can be really subtle and actually taste like a pumpkin. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, you just get these off flavors that are just not very pleasant. Um, I mean, there were beers that we tasted that sounded like they were going to be really good, like a marshmallow toasted pumpkin porter. And some people were excited about that because s'mores are delicious and, you know, but then it was like, I don't know. I don't want to really say the tasting notes, <laughs> but they were like, people were saying things like this tastes like poison. Um, you know, like things were coming out very chemical and it just was not like the pumpkin beer that you're imagining or that we're seeing on the package of this like fun seasonal beer. So it's part of the problem just that pumpkins themselves don't taste that good. Like we have to kind of, the reason we make, we love things like pumpkin pie is, you know, the pumpkin is just basically the vessel for all the other flavorings that are, as I mentioned before, you know, delicious baking spices and pumpkin itself. Like no one is out there like, man, you know what I really want is like a roast pumpkin all by itself and so you know are we are we a little bit trapped in this style where like everyone has to feel like they have to well not everyone includes pumpkin obviously some of these beers are definitely made with zero pumpkin at all anywhere in the process and it's just the flavor uh the flavors that we associate with pumpkin pie but those who do try to use pumpkin are they stuck with an issue where like yeah you have to use an ingredient that no one is that excited about I think that's a really good point. You know, pumpkin is a fun thing to think about as an ingredient. It's fun to see on the package when it's fall and Halloween is coming. Um, but yeah, no one really just eats pumpkins that often. Like we don't want the gourd, we want the dessert. And for some people, dessert beer is delicious. And for some people, it's, it's just um, not as drinkable. Kat, I have another question too. Have you seen, in, or maybe in the tasting that you did, you know, I've, I would say 95% of the pumpkin beers I've seen and tried are basically some form of porter or stout or other kind of dark malt, sweeter, richer beer in the first place. Are you seeing people do anything interesting with lighter styles of beer and pumpkin where maybe they don't have to kind of go on that really sweet spice note where, they, you know, maybe someone's making a pumpkin, I don't know, lager or pumpkin pilsner or something like that? Yeah, um, Brooklyn Brewery does a pumpkin lager, their Post Road that they release each year. I believe it's an amber lager. Um, Terrapin did a pumpkin lager. And a lot of what some of the um, more interesting pumpkin beers we're seeing now are actually sour beers. I forget where you stand on sour beers, Zach. But, <laughs> we um, haven't gone there yet. <laughs> but some people like them a lot. And um, it's kind of like a more, I don't want to say organic in like a marketing term, but it's just like a more natural way to approach the pumpkin as an ingredient is to actually use it in something that's like funky and vegetal and kind of earthy um, versus trying to turn it into, you know, a pastry. Makes sense. I'm also wondering, you know, do, can we look back at the history of the pumpkin beer and sort of figure out like, where did this first really get started? Are there are there a couple of breweries? Because again, you know, when we talked New England IPAs, you know, it was really easy to some extent to sort of pinpoint where that movement started, where that style started and, and how it spread. Is there a is there a single brewery or, or a couple of breweries that you can uh, point to in the same way with pumpkin beer? Or is it kind of like, I don't know, it just seemed like a good idea and everyone started doing it all at once? For me, Dogfish comes to mind. They released their punk, pumpkin, um, as in like punk rock beer, uh, probably in the 90s, I want to say. I'm not exactly sure. That was like 
part of their whole ethos of doing something, um, you know, rebellious and crazy and using food ingredients in their beers. So I think a lot of people were turned on to it that way. Like it was this cool culinary um, seasonal beer. I don't know of breweries that were doing it before Dogfish, maybe Sam Adams. I know they're still doing one today. But then going way back, pumpkin beer started with like pilgrims. I mean, we're talking about English colonists in the 1700s who were using pumpkins because they were abundant in America um, and not everyone had access or the ability to grow grains. So they were making, you know, a beer-like beverage, kind of more like a cider almost, but out of pumpkin that they called pumpkin ale. So it could have been kind of resurrected from historical records too. Interesting. So since we've established that like pumpkin beer isn't the best beer of fall or like isn't really as as delicious as everyone would, would like it to be, are you seeing other brewers who are playing with other fall flavors to make different kinds of beers that are that feel more quintessentially fall but are also delicious? Like are, is anyone making, I don't know, even beer with just butternut squash or sweet potatoes or is anyone making just like a, a fall flavored beer? Like what, what, could, what would be if it's not – if pumpkin beer is not the quintessential fall beer, like what should be? Yeah, there are definitely breweries that use other – fall ingredients. Um, yams and sweet potato have shown up in a few beers. I think Terrapin does a yam beer as well. More so, I think brewers are just using a lot more fruits and herbs these days. I mean, I just did a piece on peach beers and maybe you don't really associate peach with the fall that much, but like there are still a lot of um, interesting beers that use peach in different ways that are coming out right now ranging from pale ales to saisons to sour beers again. Um, some of those are really delicious. And then there's just the classic Oktoberfest lagers, the Mars and lagers. Like these to me are the fall beverages that I get excited about. Um, they're like, it's a seasonal trend, but it's not a fad or something that's just happening because it'll sell because there's a pumpkin on the package. It's more something that's traditional um, and something that's always delicious. When when do you guys feel like the the transition happens from sort of the like I think of as like the kind of the crisp uh, fall beer, whether that's, you know, the, the Marziners or, you know, other kind of Oktoberfest beers, those sorts of things into like true winter drinking? Because, you know, I feel like we do kind of we kind of have to start talking about pumpkin beer as a part of this sort of like maybe the leading edge of the like winter beer, um, holiday beer, whatever you want to call it thing. And and are we going to start to see those coming earlier and earlier every year too? Are we already? I would say probably. Um, for me, fall drinking has begun, even though in New York, it's still pretty hot and muggy. Like I'm sweating when I get to work, but I'm still excited to drink, you know, an Oktoberfest after work. The Oktoberfest festivals themselves have started. They usually start kicking off around mid-September and continue into the first weekend in October. So that's that's happening a lot too. Um, a lot of festivals going on. Holiday beers, I think, are pretty reasonably released around the holidays. But that brings to mind another part of pumpkin beers that is a thing that people hate, which is this seasonal creep. You know, it's like before you're even you've even figured out what your Halloween costume is, you're seeing like Christmas decorations in the windows at CVS. And like, 
that is how it feels to see pumpkin beers in the summer <laughs> to people who are not excited about them. Yeah, I can it's definitely <laughs> I can definitely at least agree with the uh, the sort of distaste for pumpkin beers in the context of let's push fall into Oct- into August and December into October or whatever. It's it is a little disorienting and, and certainly when you're it's not even Labor Day and you're planning on going out on the boat in the afternoon and someone shows up with a six pack of pumpkin beer, I might be a little bit dismayed. I think too, like I think that's one of like pumpkin beer's biggest issues is that <sighs> There is seasonal creep around it because everyone thinks that we all want, like, we want to start thinking about fall in August. But so, so to the haters, so to people like me, all that does is enrage us even more. Because, like, if something is delicious and it's coming early, I'm more than, I'm all about it. Right. Like if, if it's, if it's a food or a drink that I really love and it's more associated with a season, but it's coming in a little bit earlier, I'm really into it. Like, so for example, I really like watermelon. So if I start seeing like watermelon beers in early spring, I'm cool with that. Cause like I like watermelon beers, I think they're delicious. But when I start seeing pumpkin beers in August, I'm like, get that shit away from me. <laughs> like take it back to the brewery, release that shit in October. I'll deal with it for one month and it will be gone. But the problem is that now like you go to almost any you know, craft beer bar in New York City, and I would I would argue almost anywhere else in the country, and you're going to see a lot of tap lines that have pumpkin beers on them, and that's not something that like I'm ready to drink right now. Like, and especially if you do live in the South and it is still super hot and basically summer, like no one is ready to see these beers. And there's been a lot of arguments as to how this started to happen, and like there are people who have you know weird conspiracy theories that certain breweries that have larger stock sort of pushing the seasonal creep so that they would be the only one. That would have stock in October and November when people really want pumpkin beers because they pushed all their competitors to put their pumpkin beers in the market early. So those competitors then run out of their pumpkin beers and don't have them at the peak times. Like, who actually knows why? All we know is, like, I think we're seeing them earlier than we should be. Um, and then I think because we're seeing them earlier than we should be, we're also, as Kat is saying, seeing a lower quality beer. Because if they're pushing these beers out earlier, that means exactly what she's saying, right? We're not seeing beers being made with actually pumpkin grown in this season. So we're seeing beers that have been made with pumpkin that was grown last year that got canned that isn't fresh, right? And like if, if we're supposed to be embracing the whole idea of a culinary aspect of beer, shouldn't we be waiting until we can actually make beer out of the produce that's being harvested now? That seems like a really great idea. And I also know it will never happen. <laughs> Is there uh, an equivalent to this in the wine world? Like do people get mad about harvesting different grapes at different times? Well, I think, you know, my perspective and Adam might differ is that there's there's most people who are making wine, you know, the the harvest decision is driven to some extent by obviously what's going on in the vineyard, but also in a large extent driven by the individual winemaker or grape growers um, sort of approach to wine. And so you don't get I mean, there are some definite things that we think about as as sort of seasonal um, and maybe the only real wine equivalent I can think of is something like Beaujolais Nouveau um, or other like Nouveau wines, which are basically released, you know, a few weeks after harvest, after they've basically just gone through fermentation. And those are, you know, definitely kind of seasonal in the sense that, you know, they're only if they're good at all, which you know, I could argue maybe they're not, they're only really good right away. And other than that, you know, the there are definitely wines that are more appealing in different seasons. You know, we think of, you know, rosé in summertime or whatever. But I don't think there's there's a push to get, you know, something in the market as quick because even with wines that are not designed to take a long time to get to the market, there's still months and months of, you know, there's fermentation and some amount of of tank time or whatever and bottle time. And, and just there's not the same pace. You can't get wine on the market uh, as quickly as you can get beer on the market, um, especially if you're trying to, you know, incorporate a fresh ingredient like theoretically pumpkin. Right. So I guess, I mean, the moral of the story is uh, pumpkin beer still sucks. No one likes it. 
it needs to go away. Please stop making it, and you'd make all of us a lot happier. And Zach, you just deal because you only sort of like it anyways. No, no, no. The moral of the story here is that if you like pumpkin beer, that's great because apparently there's going to be a ton of it on the market for you to enjoy, and you just don't have to worry about Adam or Kat taking your beer. I think Kat and I are the minority. I think that's what's crazy is like I think a lot of people really like pumpkin beer, and if you are someone that listens to the podcast that likes pumpkin beer, shoot us an email at podcast at vinepair.com and let us know what pumpkin beers you like and why you like them because we would love to try them. Maybe we're just not drinking the right ones although we, we drank a lot of pumpkin beer so i will say this 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 year and trying to do a tasting um but you know let us know because I, i'm always open to have my mind change it's just been multiple years now and it hasn't happened yeah and if you uh kind of like pumpkin beer like me then good for us i guess we're we'll just continue to drink a few of them here well kat thank you so much for coming and joining us today we really appreciate it thank you for having me always happy to talk about beer cool and zach we will talk again soon see you guys next week looking forward to it Thanks for listening to Vine Pair. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to drop us a line at podcast at vinepair.com. And if you really love the show, we'd love if you rate it and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and ratings really help other people discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is recorded in New York City at Vine Pair headquarters and in Seattle, Washington at Cloud Studios. Our engineer is Nick Patriot, and the show is produced by Zach Jawal. Our show logo was designed by Daniel Grimm. Special thanks as well to the entire Vinepair staff, including but not limited to my co-founder, Josh Mallon, and our editor-in-chief, Emily Saladino. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next week.